Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. In today's sermon, we did something a little different, a little unorthodox. Um, we had a phone interview with one of the members of City Chapel. His name is Romeo, and he has been in prison for the past year and a half. Uh, him and his wife were members of our church for two years before uh, he went to prison a year and a half ago. And uh, he talks to me about every week. He calls me. Um, he's still walking with Jesus. He's uh, doing great. And so uh, we, we wanted to give him an opportunity to share with the church kind of what God's teaching him and just a dialogue with him. Um, we did have some technical difficulties, and so we ended up, uh, I ended up just holding my phone on speakerphone up against the microphone. Um, so if the sound quality is a little rough, I apologize for that, but it was really worth it. Um, Romeo is such an encouragement to me, and I trust he will be to you as well. I'll just, I'll hold this. Yeah, it's all good. All right, man. Cool. Well, we got you in old school style. Um, I was just, I shared a little bit about uh, your journey with us. And um, I think it'd be great for you just to be able to share with those watching online and those uh, here in the house. Um, as we've been talking about, you've been talking about living, walking by faith, the just shall live by faith. And uh, that certainly applies, applies to you uh, over the past year and a half. So, yeah, I just want to give you a chance just to share your story, let everybody know how you're doing and how you are living by faith. Uh, well, thanks, Pastor. Uh, first of all, I just want to say... Uh, Hi to everyone. I miss you guys. Uh, I miss City Chapel like crazy, and I can't wait to get back. Uh, and, of course, I miss my beautiful, beautiful wife. I hope she's there. Yep. She's hey, there, babe. <laughs> so uh, I just want to uh, just say that uh, I gave my life back uh, to Christ and the uh, May of 2017, for those of you who don't know me, um, the thing that brought me uh, to God was uh, this whole uh, incident, this whole possibility of coming to prison, uh, and basically it dropped me to my knees, and uh, I decided right there and then that I couldn't live life my way and uh, I had to I had to surrender uh, to God and so that's what I did I surrendered to the Lord and uh, I told him that I would serve him uh, with everything that I had and that I would test his word and uh, that I would live for him and so I decided uh, right then and there, that there was no turning back for me. Regardless of the outcome, and uh, I must say that uh, I didn't want to come to prison. Uh, definitely not. And uh, I prayed uh, many times and uh, many nights uh, that God would make a way for me not to come here. Uh, but as I uh, 
connected with City Chapel, and uh, I feel in my heart that God prepared me and my wife uh, for what was to come. Uh, from the very beginning, uh, I was told that bond was not a possibility, but there again, I prayed by faith, I believed, and, and God made it a possibility. And I was able to come out and uh, and grow with this body uh, for two years, yeah. uh, exactly. From May of 17 to May of 19, I was able to uh, grow with the city chapel, and and I feel like God was preparing me and my wife for what was to come, yeah, yeah. Uh, even though. We had no idea what was coming. And so uh, I find myself in this situation now. And uh, uh, it hasn't been easy uh, at times. Uh, and if you've ever been to a Texas prison, uh, for those of you who have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, when I stepped into this place, uh, it's, it's, your heart will drop, you know, uh, to where, to what you see and, uh, just the conditions of the prisons. Uh, some of these prisons are still red brick buildings and, uh, they're awful. Uh, they, they've been here for years and years and years. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it'll, it, it'll shock you. You know, uh, the conditions that prisoners are living in, uh, you know, and so, uh, but, but most of all, uh, it was just, uh, I could deal with anything, uh, I felt, but, uh, just didn't want to be away from my wife. Uh, we're like, uh, that's like my teenage sweetheart. And, uh, I had the opportunity to marry her and, uh. I think that was the most hurtful thing. Uh, but I see how God has uh, prepared, how God prepared us. I see how God uh, grew us both. And uh, man, my wife has been such a support and uh, such a rock. And uh, I've seen God grow her in ways that I couldn't imagine. And uh, I've also seen God grow, I've also seen God grow uh, uh, myself, you know, and so uh, it's really been an experience. And sometimes, you know, we tell God, you know, no matter what comes, uh, we'll serve you. And uh, we don't realize what we're saying sometimes. But, uh, but there's so many examples in the Bible, you know, uh, so many examples. Uh, I, you know, I was reading in Hebrews and it talks about all these patriarchs, all these people in the Bible that, that, uh, didn't know how things were going to be done. Yeah. You know, how are we going to make it through this? How is this possible? And by faith, they leaned on the power of God. They leaned and believed that God was 
able yeah. and that he was willing. Yeah, come on. And, uh, you know, you see people like Moses who, you know, they were up against the sea and they had the Egyptians coming after them and he had all these Israelites with him and God provided a way. He opened up the sea yeah. and he made a way for them, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. But sometimes uh, we're not able to see these things until we're put in that position. Mm. You know, sometimes we're not able to see. Uh, it's easy to say, I always tell people when, that it's easy to say, I'll serve you. It's easy to say, I, I won't turn back, I'll trust you. When there's nothing going on, when your life is going great yeah. and there's no worries. Yeah. Uh, but. When the struggle comes and you're faced with this uh, this affliction, when you're faced with this tribulation, when you're faced with the, the thing that you don't want to face most, that's when everything that we do, and I can see that now, all the small groups we had at our home, yeah. all the Bible studies we attended, all the services and, and everything that Pastor Harry shared with us, now it was time to put it to the test. Yeah. Now it was time to stand on the word. Mm. Uh, most, not, yeah, not yeah. fall down. So, by faith I'm here. Mm. You know, still standing for the Lord. Yeah. Still uh, pressing in. Mm. And uh, I believe that God's been with me the whole time. There, it, it, this was not a mistake. Uh, this was not something that... Uh, it definitely wasn't God that got me here, but it definitely, uh, but I definitely yeah. know that he's walking with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know that he's walking with me. Yeah. Um, I've had the, uh, I, many of you may not know my testimony, but I, I grew up in a religious uh, setting. You know, my mom raised me in a scary church. I don't know if y'all still use that. Scary church. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I was raised in a scary church. And, uh, uh, so I, you know, I, 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 I experienced those things, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, I, I, I had a lot of hurt and a lot of pain from those times. And, you know, every celly that I've had since I've been here has been church hurt. Every celly that I've had has had a bad experience in the church. And I know that that's not a mistake. I know that it's not a mistake. I know that I was sent there to talk to each one of my cellies. Uh, the last celly that I had uh, has been in the His celly would be the cellmates, is what he is. Sorry, I'm just, yeah, trying, I'm, just I'm just translating the lingo. Thought it, thought it. Sorry, guys. I, I, I've been here for a little bit, so I forget that people don't understand some of this stuff. Yeah, no, that's... But, uh, but my celly, uh, my cellies have, have, and I've helped them, and I've, and I've, and I've tried to, 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 to point them back to God, to help them to understand that, that God didn't hurt them, yeah. that it was people yeah, yeah. that hurt them. Yeah. You know, people with bad understandings, people that that uh, there were snares and lies from the devil, the mm -hmm. father of lies. Mm -hmm. And so my 
my last celly, uh, he's been in prison 20 years. He's a, he's a, yeah, hey guys, get this. I lived with a Satanist for 10 months. The last 10 months, uh, he was my celly. And he's also a murderer. He's here for murder. He's been in the prison for 20 years. And let me tell you something, guys. When the Holy Spirit would come down and I would start preaching to this man, he couldn't say anything. He was so quiet, you could hear a pin drop. He was so quiet that he could just sit there and stare at me. And sometimes I don't think the stairs were nice stairs, but there was nothing he could do. Sometimes all he could do was just be quiet. But I told him, I said, you're not a Satanist. You're just church hurt, man. And you need to get over it. And you need to get back to God. Yeah, you need to get back to God. You know what I'm saying? You need to uh, pursue God. You know, and I've held several uh, in the county. I held a, a Bible study. And people people's lives were being changed and touched. And they started calling me deacon. Uh, I didn't care for that too much. <laughs> then I went to uh, the, the I went to the transfer unit, and I and I'm talking about we had some Holy Spirit moments right there, yeah. and uh, 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 I'm talking about tears. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit coming down, and uh, and now I just got transferred to another uh, building, which is a dormitory, so it's a little bit more freedom. But we've been having uh, Bible studies ever since I got here. And, uh, you know, despite what, what people may think, um, you know, I could have been mad. I could have said, God, you didn't answer my prayer. I could have rebelled. I could have believed a lie. But I know that the plans that God has for me are good and that if I trust him by faith that God is with me and that his plans are bigger than I can ever imagine um, and in Hebrews it says but without faith it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Yeah. And so by faith, I believe that the word of God is true mm. because God cannot lie and every, and every scripture is inspired by him. And so I'll continue to stand by faith even if I can't see the outcome, even if I can't see what lies ahead. I'm not sure what the future holds. But I know who holds the future. Yeah, yeah. I know that much. Yeah. And uh, so I just want to encourage you there at City Temple. Uh, the father of lies is here to put snares in our lives. He's there to put, to make us believe a lie so that we can be hurt, so that we can focus on other things. His whole mission is to keep our focus off of God. But if we can not focus on the things around us. I'm sitting in a prison right now and there's all these prisoners around me right now with uh, white, white on because in Texas prisons we all wear white. 
And if I were to focus on them instead of God, I probably wouldn't be sitting here on this phone right now. But I'm not focused on them. I'm focused on God. I'm, 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 I want to please God, not people. Yeah. And yeah. I don't care if inmates see tears in my eyes. I don't care uh, about my surroundings. I'm focused on God. And so I want to encourage everyone there today that no matter what you're facing, remember that there's always someone that has it worse. There's always somebody in a, in a, in a worse condition. Uh, there's people that are in other countries right now that are suffering in 2020 that are being murdered that are being imprisoned, but but refuse to deny Christ. They stand on the word of God by faith, believing that the reward is coming, believing that Christ is coming back for us, and they stand on that. And I will continue to stand, and I encourage every one of you in that church house today to stand. No matter what comes against you, even if you don't understand it, just stand. Stand on the word. Stand in faith. Amen. Yeah. You said that uh, when you guys, you have a few more minutes here. Um, I thought it was real awesome what you said about preparation. That's that's huge. Because a lot of people feel like they go to church and didn't get anything out of it that Sunday. Maybe it wasn't for you that Sunday. Maybe it was for what you're about to face. God does stuff in preparation that when we're faithful in preparation, we're actually ready for the storm that we're about to face. So, yeah, you're talking about the lies of the enemy and everything. What what would you say was the main lie? Like when you said your, would you say your stomach dropped to your feet uh, when you first, you know, entered the transfer unit? What do you think the main lie was for you that the enemy was speaking to you? What 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 came to your mind that you had to deal with? Automatically, he told me that God failed me. Hmm. He told me that God didn't hear my prayers. Hmm. No, he told me that I was just praying words into the air, hmm. you know, because why else would I be here? Yeah. I gathered, you know, with other people. I prayed about my situation. I came uh, in agreement. And the Bible says that what you ask for, it will be given to you. Mm. You know, and, and the devil uh, attacked me with that and tried to convince me that, that there was no God. Mm. You know, um, But, you know, I've, I've lived the lives of Satan. I've lived in the lives of Satan. And I know that's all they are. And I know that every every lie that he tells me always leads to destruction. Yeah. I've already lived that life, and yeah. I know that they're lies, that God is with me. And God has proven it time and time again since I've been here. God has proven, God has revealed himself to me, even in mm. prison, yeah. you know. And uh, I, trust, I trust God, and I pray with my wife every single night, thank God. And I'm telling you, man, there has been times when even I have not seen my wife in almost seven months because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's been that's been a trial. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but you know, I, 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 I just, no matter what, I got to trust him. And he's proven himself time and time again. When I was in, in K-Wing, which I just came out of, I was in that wing for 10 months with that Selly, that, the, the Satanist. And uh, the, when the COVID hit this place, man, we were the only wing on this whole prison that was allowed to leave and work every day. We were the only wing that didn't have a case of COVID reported. God protected us. That's awesome. God watched over us. And I was able to come out of my cell and work when, when everyone else on this ranch was locked down for two months, you know, two and a half months. Uh, so I know that God is with me. I have no doubt. You know, he, he has proven himself time and time again in every situation that I faced in here. And so, therefore, I call the devil a liar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, your situation is a bit more extreme, but how many here has ever heard the devil say to them that God had failed them? That's, he's used that a lot. Um, but it's so interesting to me that the very thing the devil pointed to to say that God had failed you, meaning your obedience, your following after God, your turning your life around, you know, he pointed to that and said, look, you turned your life around and God didn't save you from this situation. And... Um, but that very thing is the very thing that you're using to testify about that prepared you to walk through the situation. That all these small groups, all this uh, church, all this work and service and prayer meetings and fasting, like that all prepared me. Yeah, it's kind of like Joseph. <laughs> right? Joseph at the end looked at his brothers and said, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. Not God used for good, but God intended God was there in the beginning in the intention. Yes. And the very thing that Joseph could have been bitter about and had unforgiveness in his heart about was the very thing that he was he was thankful for. <laughs> he had gratefulness where he should have, in, in, in human terms, should have had bitterness. Falsely accused, put in prison for years, separated from his family, uh, removed from his father, you know, all of that. And then... <laughs> And not, not to mention the physical difficulties, you know, which you haven't even gotten into about living in prison. But, um, man, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's a great testimony uh, that God's at work. Yes, sir. And he can change, change your heart and keep you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wonderful. I just uh, I want to thank you for having me in. I mean, I feel like I was at, you know, we haven't had service for seven months, so, uh, yeah. you know. That's another, you know, trial to be yeah. able to stand without, uh, uh, without being able to worship. And I tell my wife all the time that, man, I would love to just attend a church service, man. And there's so many people out there that have the ability to go, and they won't go. They have so many. They have so much time for everything else. But when it comes to Sunday, oh, I don't want to catch COVID. Let me just look at it online. And I always try to encourage my wife, go in person, you know, go sit in you the church on, house. You're online, be careful, Very careful, well. Roman, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm not knocking it, I'm not knocking it, I'm not trying to knock anyone, I'm just saying that I miss it so yeah. much, and there's people that are able to do it, and uh, uh, they can't, or they won't, but, you 
know, I, I, I'm just so thankful to be a part of the service today, and I'm so glad to hear your voices, and, and I miss you guys all, and I hope to see y'all again real, real soon. Yeah. Amen. Well, let's, let's pray over you and uh, just bless you. And I know your time is about to run out. I think we got 60 seconds left before the lady comes on and says, your call will end in one minute. Um, but let's go ahead and pray over you and uh, everybody watching online, everybody in the room. Let's join together. Father, we just thank you for Romeo. Thank you for his faith in you um, in the middle of difficult circumstances. We pray for grace uh to be to be multiplied to him and supplied to him you give grace to the humble so pour out your grace on romeo in this season give him strength to walk through everything that you're asking him to walk through to deal with everything you're asking him to deal with and give him victory where he's at give him victory where he's at personal victory victory over sin victory over you have one minute left amen Victory over bitterness, victory over heart heart issues, but also also victory uh, in 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 his in, in his surroundings. That he would be, have more conversations and more communication, more Bible studies, bringing more people closer to you in the middle of this crazy situation. We we bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. I love you guys. We'll talk again soon, hopefully. All right. Talk to you. Talk to you later, Pastor. All right, man. See you. God bless you. Bye. Yeah, that's Romeo. Awesome. So good. So encouraging. Uh, hopefully it encourages you wherever you're at right now. Uh, let's go to Habakkuk chapter 3, and I'm just going to wrap up. I'm not going to preach a whole sermon. I'm going to piggyback off of what uh, Romeo is talking about, man, the preparation uh, that God might be doing in your life right now, uh, the things that God might be doing in your life right now that, that gets you ready. God is an active God. He's, he doesn't sit back and wait for life to happen to you. He's not surprised when COVID-19 came around the corner. He's not surprised when grief came around the corner. He's not surprised when whatever you've encountered in your life, God has been preparing, not himself, but you, he's been preparing you, and he takes care of us. He prepares us. He guards us. He walks with us. And so uh, through Habakkuk, we've been looking at the fact that God is the active God. He's not hanging out, waiting for something to happen. He is moving. He's working. Regardless of what we might see with our eyes, we believe that God is active. He's behind the scenes sometimes, but he is working. And um, what we find in Habakkuk chapter 3 is this song of praise to God. From Habakkuk, and I've I've been preaching through the first few uh, lines, first first few verses of this. Now I want to finish out verse nine and move into verse ten with one concept, one concept for us here. And this is what he says about God. Remember, God is the storm. He is the clouds that are coming over the horizon. He is the rain that is falling um, uh, throughout the desert. He is the wind that is moving. Uh, we've been preaching about that. He is the, the lightning is his power. So the storm is uh, an analogy. It's a metaphor of who God is. And now in verse 9, the second part of verse 9, he says that God split the earth with rivers. You split the earth with rivers. The, the mountains saw you and writhed. Torrents of water swept by the deep roared and lifted its waves on high. What's he talking about? He's talking about flash flooding. 
We've talked uh, about this before, so I'm not going to repeat it too much, but uh, the storm that he's talking about is a storm that has come from the south, and storms that come from the south when you are in Israel would be called a desert storm. Um, that's why George Bush Sr. called the operation Desert Storm when we moved into the Middle East because we came from the south. Well, storms from the desert are much more dangerous than storms from the Mediterranean because storms from the desert uh, are pounding ground that is, that is crusty and hard and dry. And even here in Texas, if we go without rain for a while, things get pretty dry, and then you get a lot of rain, quickly you get flash flooding. Well, if that's true in Texas, that's definitely true in the two largest deserts in the world, which are just south and east of Israel. So the two largest deserts, it's 115 degrees out there, baking the sand, and then you have this massive storm come through, and what does it do? It creates massive flash flooding. That's what he's talking about here. He's saying that God split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed, meaning, meaning they had a particular shape, but the, the power of the water kind of morphed the shape of the mountains. And you can see them almost writhing. You can see them moving almost as the, as the water is running off of the mountains. And then he says that he, he saw torrents of water sweeping by. The deep rolled at, roared and lifted its waves on high. Now, once again, he's talking about the desert. <laughs> and then he says, God so pummeled the desert that there were these rivers in the desert. And so that's really what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about the God who is water in the desert. The God who is rivers in the desert. Uh, he, he, I, I, I didn't say he gives water in the desert. He is water in the desert. He said, you split the earth. You came crashing through the dry, crusty ground of the wilderness and the desert, and you, you ran through it with these rivers of water. So let's quickly go to Isaiah 44, 3, and here God prophesies about this. He says, I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. So we understand that when he says water is symbolic of his spirit. And he says, this is what I do. I pour out myself. I pour out myself on my people, even if they are in a place of a wilderness. So I know, uh, I know uh, Romeo can't hear me now, but he basically was just talking to you about being in a wilderness. And uh, he might be in a more severe wilderness, but you might be in a wilderness. 2020 may have put you in a dry place. And, and all of us, I think, we live through wilderness times. We live through wilderness experiences. And yet God is the God of water in the wilderness. God doesn't always take you out of the wilderness. Sometimes he brings water into the wilderness. We think we have to wait till our circumstances change or until we get parole or till, in, in Romeo's case or for in our case, until, you know, our teenagers move out of the house or, or until the relationship gets better, the marriage, or until this or until we, they find a vaccine and COVID goes away somehow mysteriously. Seriously, even though they've had a vaccine for the flu for a while now and it's just kind of keeps going. But, you know, it's like, well, we, we think, hey, as soon as as soon as it's, we got to change the situation in order to get nourishment for my soul, in order to feel what I used to feel. So the, the, the water is the spirit of God. And sometimes we think that God's spirit cannot go into certain places. 
I am in this place, therefore I cannot receive from the Spirit of God. But that's simply not true. There is no place on earth that you can be, whether it's the jungles of Ecuador or a prison system in Texas, that will block the Spirit of God from getting to you. God is the God of water in the desert, in the wilderness. So your wilderness is no different. He will come into your wilderness. He will split. He will cleave. I think King James says he cleaves the earth. He creates these canals. His water is causing flash flooding into dry places. And this is the kind of God that we serve. And we all end up in dry places from time to time. Uh, there's a guy named Elijah. There's a prophet Elijah. And God sent him into the wilderness um, to live and to be nourished by a river. And he's sitting by this river. Uh, I want to say it's the Jerapheth, so I will. Um, the <laughs> river called Jerapheth. And he's sitting by this river, and God is supplying his needs. And the river in the middle of a desert, in the middle of a drought, it's amazing, it's wonderful. And then all of a sudden, the river dried up. You say, well, that's not nice. Why would God let the river dry up? Why would God allow this? Well, because... Sometimes God wants you to not have live by faith in a river or live by faith in a certain place that you're in. Sometimes God wants you in the very place of dryness, in the very place of destitution to recognize that he is the river. He is the water. He is your supply. He's what you need. And so I don't know if you're here and anything's dried up in the past few months. Your finances dried up a little bit. Maybe your confidence is dried up. Maybe you go to pray and the emotion that you used to feel when you would pray, that's dried up. You're not feeling what you used to feel. The emotion you used to feel when you would serve, that's dried up. You're not feeling what you used to feel. The emotion you used to feel because, you know, watching online has made you a little bit dried up because it's like it's not the same and I don't care what anybody says it's not the same and so it's tough it's difficult when you're sitting in your living room trying to engage in church and then the football game's going on your phone come on somebody I'm just saying it's tough to figure out to not to feel the same because even in the room those of us that are in the room we got masks on we got to sit all this distance apart it's not the same uh, they're in the parking lot, Barbara. Not the same in the parking lot. Barbara used to be in the front row. It's not the same. <laughs> Some things that we're, we're thankful for what we can do. And for those that are watching online, we're thankful that you're watching online. And those of us that are here with face masks, we're thankful that you're here with face masks. But like being thankful for where you're at doesn't mean that you're at an ideal location. You can be in a place that has dried up. You can be in prison and say, I don't want to be here, but I'm thankful for what God's doing anyway. And, and, and it dries up. The river dries up. And so God speaks to the prophet. And he tells the prophet that he needs to move from where he's at. Because God has provision for him. So sometimes we have to make a mental move, a mental shift. The way that we see things, the way that we've always lived, we can't just rely on an old river. We can't rely on old emotions or an old pattern, which is why for many of us, we're going to be online for a while. And City Chapel is going to be online for like, or we've been online since we started. So that's going to continue. But for some of us, watching from church at home is going to continue for a long time. And so sometimes you don't have to, you don't have to come into service in order to feel what you used to feel. Sometimes you need to stop being addicted to what you used to feel. It's the, it's the old river that was, that was flowing. And God said, we're going to dry that up. Because we're, we're, I, I'm, I'm tired of you relying on that same old river. But if you listen to the same God, the river might change. The location, you might watch online, you might be in person. But the water will flow into your life. Because he is water. 
He is the water in the wilderness. And so, and so God speaks to, I, to, to Elijah and he says, I want you to move to this other town. And when you go to this other town, there's a lady there that will provide for you. That she, he actually said, I have commanded. And we don't have record of this, but apparently God spoke to the woman and commanded her to feed this prophet. And, and, and you would think, oh, well, he must be going to a wealthy woman. He must be going to a woman that has a lot of extra excess water and food. And that's not the case. God commanded a widow who had nothing left in her cupboard except just enough flour, just enough oil for one meal. And a meal here is, is, is basically a pancake. One pancake. <laughs> not even two, no syrup, just one pancake. And this is all she has for her and her child. That's it. And God sends the prophet to her. And God commands her. And so it's interesting to me that when the, when the prophet gets to her in 1 Kings chapter 17, when the prophet gets to her, he, he, he's going to a woman who has literally enough for one serving for one person. I don't know if that's intentional. I don't know if she had been saving that one serving for the one person that God had commanded her. But I do know that the prophet speaks to her and he says, would you, would you give me some water? And she says, sure. She goes to get water and he says, hey, could you also bring me some food? And she says, well, this is literally all that I have. And the prophet says, give to me first and then feed yourself and your child. In other words, take from what you have and give it to God first and then take care of your family and then take care of yourself. And Elijah gives her a promise. He says, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. He says, your oil will not run dry and your flour will not run out until God sends rain on the earth. What is that? That's a promise. That's the word. And that, by the way, when, when, when we say that the water of God is the spirit of God, it is true. But what, what is, how does the spirit of God come to us? It comes to us through the word of God. Jesus said in John chapter 6, he said, my words are spirit and they are life. My words are spirit and life. And so, and so Elijah gives her a word from the Lord. And by the way, you can, you can live on a word. You can lean on a word. You can obey on a word. You don't have to have the evidence of it. You simply the fact that God said it, we believe it. Because you're a man of your word. When we, when, when we believe his word, that's called faith. And that faith is the access that accesses the water of the spirit into our lives. So no matter where you are, whether you're in a prison or whether you're here in, in, in Austin, Texas, you can by faith access the power of the Holy Spirit in your life yeah. just simply by believing the word of God. The word of God for your healing, do you believe? That's the question. Do you believe? The word of God for your sanctification, do you believe? That's the question. For your salvation, do you believe? That is the question. There is no other question. There is no other question. Are you able? Uh, can, can, can you make it last? Uh, do you think you can eat healthy enough? Like, those are all fine questions, but those are not the only questions that are necessary. There is one question that is necessary to receive the water, the refresh, refreshing water of the Holy Spirit, and that is, do you believe? And this woman puts her faith in the word. And the way I know she put her faith in the word is because she went and did what the prophet told her to do. Her obedience opened the door for access to water in her home. She and her child were about to starve because of what had dried up in her life. 
the prophet was about to starve because of what had dried up in his life. We have two people who are on the verge of starvation because of this drought. And both of them, their, their obedience linked them to the unending supply of God. The unending resources of God. And it connected them to it. So I don't know. I, 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 it doesn't feel the same as it used to feel. Okay, well, do you believe? It's not a feeling. It's a belief. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that you decide in your heart that God is able to do what he said he was going to do. And that when the enemy lies to you and says God has abandoned you, when the enemy lies, he says God has failed you. When the enemy lies to you and says God's not with you, God's not real, he doesn't exist. No, faith believes that God does exist and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so the reward for this woman was that the flour would never run out and the oil would not run dry. And by her giving of herself sacrificial obedience, sacrificial obedience linked her to the promise of God. So that's my short sermon. And I just, I, that, that, that's my altar call too. Is will you believe? Wherever you're at, will you believe in the word of God? Will you take him at his word? Will you trust him at his word? Will you put your faith in it and put your feet on it? Because <laughs> your faith is what you believe in your heart and your feet is your obedience. And so the woman put her faith and her feet on the word of God. And she found out that her entire family could be saved. The prophet put his faith and his feet into the word of God. You may have to leave some old wells that have dried up, some old emotions that you are looking for, some old ways of worship and connecting with God that you have relied on, and instead connect with the God that, that was the point of the whole thing anyway. It wasn't about that particular song or that particular worship style or that particular church gathering and you know certain churches have a certain smell to them you know even like you can walk into Pentecostal it just smells Pentecostal I don't I don't know what that is but those of you that have been in Pentecostal church you know there's a Pentecostal smell I don't know if they all wore the same cologne or what the deal is but but this this does not have it's just the amount of oil maybe olive oil that's in the carpet I'm not sure but but City Chapel doesn't have that. I don't know if you noticed it, but we got, we, got, we got, have a, have a, have a uh, what is that company right next to us? They have all the soil. It's like they got stacks and stacks of like different kinds of like soil. And it smells kind of like soil sometimes in here. You know what I'm saying? Not like it's been fertilized, you know, and it's like apparently healthy. But it doesn't smell like oil's been in the carpet for 30 years. You know what I'm saying? And, and God may take you to places like that. Where it's like, it doesn't smell the way it used to smell. It doesn't feel the way it used to feel. Right, but is it God? Is God activating your faith? If he's activating your faith, you're better off in a prison than in a palace. If he's activating your faith, you're better off in a warehouse than in, than in the carpet and, and, and all of the oil. If he's activating your faith, because it was all supposed to be about faith anyway. It was all supposed to be about building your faith. And so that's my question. Do you... Believe, and I would just, I would just like to just pray over you. I prayed over Romeo. I'd like to pray over you if you're in, if you're in your living room, or if you're here right now. And I don't know. Uh, sometimes I think we do believe, but it's like we need to help our unbelief. God, I do believe. Help thou my unbelief. And so we just need, we need extra faith. We need extra grace. God gives grace to the humble. The only thing that's 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 the only requirement for the grace of God is humility. It's it. You don't need to have right theology. He'll fix your, your theology later. 
you need humility. The only thing necessary to receive the grace of God is humility. And that's exactly what this woman had. That's exactly what Elijah had. And that's what Habakkuk was learning. And so will you, in humility, just say, I need the grace of God. I need more faith. I need an increase. I need water. <laughs> the Spirit of God in my, in my wilderness. I need the, 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 the presence of God in my life. And so if you're here today, and if you're saying that, would you just stand with me? Stand up to receive from the grace of God. I want to pray over you. And if you're in your living room, stand up right where you're at. And just, just put your arms out in a, in a posture of receiving. Receiving fresh water from heaven. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And you said that you would pour out water on those who are thirsty. And so, Lord, we are thirsty right here. There's people thirsty online. We're thirsty for a move from God. We're thirsty for a word from God. We're thirsty for the Spirit of God, which is His word, His rhema, coming to us right now. We're thirsty. You said you pour out water on Him who's thirsty. We believe it. You said it. We believe it. We don't need to work it up. We don't need the, the band to play the right song. We believe it. We believe that you right now are pouring water on him who is thirsty and floods on dry ground, on barren places, on dry places, on places where dreams have died, where emotions have died, where even obedience has died. You are pouring in water on dry ground. You're not asking us to make the first move. You said you would pour water on, on those who are thirsty. The thirst is on us. The water water is on you. So let this thirst that is inside of our spirits, inside of my soul, inside of my heart longing, my soul longs for the living God. As a deer pants for water, so my soul longs for the living God. He is the river that I'm looking for. He is the thing that I seek. He is my, my cup and my portion. He makes my cup run over because he fills it to overflowing with himself, Lord. We invite your presence right now to pour out over each and every one of us from the top of our head all the way down to our feet that we would receive the warm water of God pouring from heaven enveloping us assuring us of salvation strengthening our faith building us up let Romeo feel the presence of God right where he's at right now pour out the water of the word of God on him baptize him in the word refresh him in the word feed him in the word feed all of us Lord I think it's the New Living Translation that says, I will pour out water in him who is thirsty and, and irrigate. Yes. I will irrigate the dry ground. That, that means it's not just a moment at, 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 at 1030 in Sunday morning. It's not just a drop that you get dosed and then you go home and dry out all week. We're not, we're not sponges. We are, we are dry ground waiting to produce something for God. We want an irrigation system in our lives. We want a constant flow. We want a constant moisture happening so that the things that we have planted will grow. Which is probably why he says, I will pour out on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. What you are working on producing will be blessed. So, Lord, we do, we, we claim the blessing of God over what we are producing, not just over what we are currently living in, but what we are producing. You care about our future. You care about our kids. You care about their future. You care about the businesses that we are in. You care about the churches that we are planting. You care about the dreams and the visions that you've placed inside of us. You want us to produce something in this season. You're not 
creating bathtubs for us. You're creating irrigation systems. <laughs> Come create an irrigation system that something would grow and, and be planted inside of us and grow out of our lives. That we would produce the fruit of righteousness. Let salvation spring up from the ground. Lord, we pray oh, even over our country right now. We join together with those like 56,000 people in person that were there at, the, uh, at, at, our, at our capital crying out for you to, to move on our land, to have mercy on our country. Our country is a dry place. Our country, our school systems are dry. They're absent of God. Our country is vaguely absent of you. We have, we have turned off the, the faucets of your presence and your spirit. We've turned our own ways and we repent, Lord. And we ask for you to open up the heavens over our country again pour out your presence pour out your spirit on us let revival spring up in the churches let churches be places of water and moisture and spirit and life and out of our churches would you run rivers from under the altar let the river run from the holy place all the way to the extent of the city let the river run all the way to the extent of the walls of the city let this place be watered let our country be watered. Let our leaders receive the presence of God. Place your, your spirit on our leaders. Turn the hearts of our leaders. Turn the hearts of our officials from the top to the, to the lowest one. Turn, the heart, turn their hearts toward you. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Turn the people's hearts toward you. Get a hold of our neighborhoods. Get a hold of our Netflix. Get a hold of our, our entertainment. Get a hold of our Hollywood. Get a hold of our, our music industry. Get a hold of Nashville, Lord. Turn the, turn the hearts of those who are making decisions and making money off of, off of these idols. Turn the hearts of those, Lord, that they would turn toward you to receive life, to receive goodness and joy, all the stuff they're looking for. Pour out your spirit on this land. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.